We are Guys in Shorts, your weekly podcast for sports, entertainment, and everything worth talking about. Our thanks to all of you for checking us out. We do appreciate it. On the show this week, it's the return of some Dodger talk. Been a while since we've talked about the Blue yeah. Crew. Apparently, Cody Bellinger thinks he's Mike Trout or something. <laughs> Dick is all too excited to talk about the terror that he's been on. Hey, turns out magic isn't as nice as we all thought. And Rob Polinka is a liar. What? Yeah. Hmm. Exciting Lakers news. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the dumpster fire continues. Oh, it does. The house is burning down. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Plus... Is the Evil Empire, a.k.a. the NCAA, finally going to pull its head out because of a small rebellion, a.k.a. R.J. Hampton. I love subtle Star Wars references. <laughs> Went right over Ben's head. I didn't get it. <laughs> but uh, R.J. Hampton deciding to play in New Zealand instead of going to college. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Also, I wanted to try out a new segment I put together. It's called Debate Club. Ben and Vic are going to love it. What? Oh, I'm so excited. It's going to be fun. <laughs> I hope we actually agree on something on it. I, we probably will. No, no. No, nope, you're not. Let's, let's ruin it <laughs> for Jeff. I can Jeff. tell you already, you're not. Let's pod. I'm Jeff Wilson, and that is Victor Costello. Yep, that's me. That's all I got. Oh, well, hey, you know what? <laughs> plain and simple. I love it. Not as plain and simple as this, though. Ben Garcia. Hoopty hoo. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. He always wins. If you were getting the Oscar speech, you would win the, the shortest shortest speech yeah. award. Thank you. I guess. Although, Do you no, really think you he'd would just go no, 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 you say that? Yell, hoopty hoo. <laughs> you, would, you would go on. You'd say, ah, 30 seconds, and it'd go on for <laughs> an hour and 20. That's very well possible. What, the, what do you think the odds are that he would say he could direct Titanic better while he was giving his... You know, uh, you know, if the music didn't play him off, <laughs> he he'd get it in there at some point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You just let me talk; it naturally comes out. <laughs> it does. Oh, Ben, that's why we love you. It is. Oh, where to start? Where to start? Oh, uh, Darren's not here, and neither is Hammer. I, at this point, uh, we shouldn't even address yeah. people. Why? Why do we? Yeah, yeah. We we're going on. How long since we've been full strength? About 23 <laughs> I think, years? I think our first episode back up the new format. <laughs> right. Well, Honestly. fingers yeah. crossed. Yeah. Next week. So let's give a little teaser. Next week. Oh, yeah. Uh, is Ben's birthday. and It's the, my birthday week. The Darren Besa birthday spectacular was such a smashing success that uh, we wanted to do it again yeah. with our boy Ben. Yes. And, and we've got a special guest coming oh, in. Awesome. It's going to be Ben's fun. life. It's going to be fun. He's got <laughs> probably more insight into Ben than than just than about ben? anyone. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't think you can deny that statement. Oh, it's it's going to be good. So, we'll just put that right there. Be sure to check us out next week. Yeah. But let's get on with this episode. How about them Dodgers and Cody Bellinger? Vic you excited about this? What's He's the hat on a tear? Yeah. yeah. You know, um, the Dodgers still scare me because, like we've said before, they're peaking too early. We're not used to this as Dodger fans. <laughs> and, like, feels like the 2014 Angels. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. 
You uh, laugh. <laughs> That's the truth. It hurts. Yeah, because what That's if what they happens. stink at the end of this? Like, it's just not going to be fun. I, but, I don't yeah. think it's. I don't think they are. I, I think that they're. Yeah, I, I want to. Oh, well, now that. they definitely are. If That's... Ben, if Ben's <laughs> being positive about it, then you guys are doomed. Sorry, <laughs> sorry to be the downer on uh, that. No, they're doing. I don't, Vic. I don't want to steal your thunder. But no, no, no. Go ahead. They're doing things that they haven't done in years past. Meaning. Uh, I was talking with my dad a lot about this this past weekend, and he made the comment to me. He said, the reason why he doesn't think that they're going to fall, you know, the wheels are going to fall off at any point this season is because they're not relying on the home run the way that they used to. And that's right. If you think about the Dodgers over the last couple of years, it's been about guy, getting guys on base and then hitting that two or three run home run. And and right now, it was a couple of games ago, it was like double after double after single. And, you know, they were driving guys in in scoring position, even with two outs. They're manufacturing runs. So if they can continue to do this, when you do get to the playoffs and you're not so reliant on that three-run home run. Now, I mean, Bellinger, I'm sure you're going to talk about it, is hitting home runs. But, but if they're able to manufacture those types of runs and put the pressure on these pitchers, it's going to change the outcome of a lot of games. They're going to, the pitch counts are going to go up. Starting pitchers are going to get removed. You're going to get into the weaker part of their bullpens, and 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 when you are able to manufacture runs, you know you become more drought resistant, meaning that you're not going to get that lose eight of ten games or eight fifteen of eighteen. You know as the Dodgers have historically done over the last couple of years. So, in in talking with my dad, it it really makes a lot of sense. Um, I didn't notice it, so I'm going to give him credit in that point. But uh, this Dodger team right now is far exceeding the expectations that I had to start the season, and I hope that they continue throughout. You know, no, I, I haven't heard anybody talk about this, but I honestly think one of the biggest reasons why they are doing so well right now, and sorry, listeners, but I got to hit some uh, a piece of wood right now. <laughs> Puig is gone. Is, no, is um, that uh, who's been hurt? <clears throat> right. Oh, Nobody's been Nobody. hurt. Yeah, in nice. the past two or three years, I feel like half the team gets hurt What's it Half like? the season. What's it like? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Finally, we're here. Sorry, sorry, Angel fans. But uh, I think that's a huge reason. I mean, they're starting, you know, starting lineup is intact. Yeah. Starting pitching's intact. The bullpen's yeah. intact. Um, I mean, even when Bellinger got hit in the knee with that pitch, yeah. he was only back a couple games later. Yeah. So it's been very, very minor. Ryu has been. Oh, he's been on fire. That dude has been a stud. Yeah. So hopefully he can stay healthy. I'm telling you, this, at the, at the All Star break, they can they can go after uh, some pitching, dude. You know, f- you know, kind of fine tune what that roster is going to look like going into the playoffs, and uh, you know, this this team this team can do it. To me, this is the best team that we've had in the last three years. Ooh. Nice, nice. That's what I like to hear. Nice. <laughs> Glad to hear it. Well. Vic, do you need an intro for? Uh, uh, yes, I, 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 I need. Saw I you need... frantically writing notes. Yes, uh, which ben, only need... means one thing: useless. Stat of the week by yes. Victor Costello. Thank you, Ben. Uh, and we're gonna do a little uh, asterisk to that. It's stats. So bear Ooh. with me here. Bear with me. Yeah, multiple. Just take a seat. Uh, drink some wine or All some right. whiskey or some beer, wine. whatever you have right now. Kick those feet up. All yes. Right. Let Papa Vic. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> and let me preface this by saying that there was, a, I think, two articles that came out today. There's another one coming out tomorrow, all about Cody Bellinger and his amazing season so far. So I am not the one that is jinxing this because you know as soon as oh, yeah. know, the, this doomed. weekend hits, yep. he's going to just he's yep. gonna stink it up. So It's like um, talking about a pitcher during a no-hitter. Yes. Yep. So let me throw some stats at you, okay? Cody Bellinger is number one, and these are all stats in the entire Major League Baseball. Okay, 
Got American it. League and National League. So here we go. He is number one in batting average, 382. Yeah, just wow. came out of 400, what, a couple weeks ago? Yeah, a couple of weeks ago. Unbelievable. Number one in hits, 73. Yep. Number Ooh. one in runs, 49. Number one in RBIs, 51. His number one in slugging, 770. Number one in OBP, uh, 469. Number one Wait, in did OPS. did you say OPP? I wish. OBP. Oh, OBP. But okay. he probably <laughs> is number one in OBP, too. <laughs> let's probably be honest. is. Yeah. He's down with it. Yeah. OPS, he's number one, 1. 1.239. Uh, according to Baseball Reference, his WAR, which is wins above average, is 5.2. Trout is a measly 4.2. Um, <laughs> just had he to is, say he it, is human, it? though. He is human, though. He has only hit 20 home runs, puts him in second place, one home run behind Christian Yelich. So, I mean, he sucks. <laughs> I mean, how do you have second in home runs? Come on, get yeah, it up there. Loser. Uh, those are his offensive stats. In, in assists, he actually has seven in the outfield, which dude, puts him in second. Did you see that all throw the other big, night? Oh, dude, yeah. Just crazy. I had to watch – I had to – had to watch it a couple of times because I actually thought that that the guy made it underneath the slide. I did too. But I mean, his hand—I mean, literally, it just beat him. But <laughs> wow, what a throw! Yeah. Who, who? I don't miss Puig at this point. No. I mean, with that type of arm in the outfield. No, I don't think any. And you got to remember, he came in. He in the minor leagues, he was a first baseman. He came up as a first baseman. Right. He huh. only went in, into the outfield. Um, because, really, because he was hitting. Well, he, yeah, because he was hitting, and I forget who it was, but somebody who could play first base could play it, but he couldn't play anywhere else. Yeah. So well, they kind of just said, well, we got to keep him in the lineup. Gonzalez, that's why. Good, yeah. Really? Oh, that's right. It was Gonzalez. So Gonzalez came back, and he can't, I mean, he can, he can barely, he probably would lose a race to Albert Pujols. So yeah. he can't do anything <laughs> but yes, play first there's base. There's one. There's one. <laughs> and so they were like, we have to keep him. So he, you know, they threw him in the outfield. He's not an outfielder, and now he's an amazing outfielder as well. Uh, let's keep on going with the stats wow. here. He's the first Dodger since Gil Hodges in 1955 to hit 20 homers in his first 55 games. He, this is up to this point in this many games. This is the greatest Dodger offensive season of any Dodger in the entire history of the Los Angeles and the Brooklyn Dodgers. Whoa. Yeah. Which is eh, it's crazy. It's, uh, it's it's a juice ball in, in you know inadequ <laughs> inadequate starting pitching, but you know. <laughs> but he's having a hell of a season. Yeah, yeah. and um, I just like you know I just it, it's just it's fun to watch. We haven't had something like this in in a, in a, in a while, and uh, hopefully he can continue. Obviously, he's, you know the batting average has to come to everything has to come down because it's. It's just the way baseball is, but uh, enjoying it for these first, uh, you know, half of the first half is is amazing. So there you go, useless stats. Wow, of the those <laughs> those are not that useless. I, I want to point out as an and unbiased non-Dodger fan, that was that's pretty impressive. And you yeah. take Mike Trout's salary and divide it by fifty, <laughs> and that's what we're paying him. <laughs> oh man, way to rub it in, <laughs> salt in the wound. Thanks, Ben. Oh, you're Love welcome. Ya. Oh, well, congrats. You guys still the best record in baseball no. or no? No. But we're I think we're maybe third You're up there. Or, yeah. Yeah, we're like we're that. at the, we're third at the top. Yeah. yeah. How nice for you. Stupid well, American League. We're at the other it's, end. It's it's so different. <laughs> it's actually so different at this point in the season because the last couple of years, remember it's oh, like God. April, May, it's you know, we're playing 500 ball and we don't get hot till June and then we go on this huge run. So, to be honest with you, I don't want that, you know, 50 game stretch where we win 41 games or something right, like right, that. Right. I, I just want to continue at winning 
at a 700% clip, you know, or a 0. 0.70. Just just yeah. let's win 7 out of 10. Let's win 7 out of let's win every series that we play, you know, 2 out of 3. Yeah, that's important. You know, 3 yeah. out of 4, every once in a while split, but don't lose series. Like that's what I want to see them do the rest of the season. In fact, back in the 90s, I remember the Yankees. I think the 96 Yankees, that was that was their best their best club. Yeah. I want to say that they went the entire season and only lost one or two series. Which is the incredible. entire season. Wow. They either split or won the series almost every time. I think it was only like one or two times that they lost. And that's what I want to see with the Dodgers. Yeah. And if you think about it, that gets you ready for the playoffs. It because does. Because sure. now you're in a three to four, you know, you want to win within three to four games. Um, you don't want to lose too many back to back. So if you can do that during the regular season, I mean, that just sets you up for the playoffs. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, so this is our year, I Jeff. hope this is your year. I hope it is. <laughs> it's not our year, so I hope it's your year. <laughs> <laughs> ah, let's talk about the dumpster fire that is the Los Angeles Lakers. The we Los we've talked Angeles a lot about the Lakers, Lakers, but but I feel like we had to bring it changes this every week. Up. <laughs> it, it really does. It really does. We I want mean, the story to go away, but it keeps coming it just, back up. Yeah, yeah. It keeps rearing its ugly head. You know, yeah. the, uh, first of all, you guys did an amazing. I, I love what you guys said last week. Uh, you know, I, there really wasn't anything I could say against. Um, the only wow. reason why I wanted to talk about the Lakers really quick one more time was because, uh, you know, when the whole Magic Johnson or the whole, uh, well, yeah, Magic Johnson when he said I'm gone I'm out like you know uh, and it was like it came out of nowhere and people were like what the hell is going on da 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 there is a, a, a guy who now works for the Lakers and he, he runs a thing called Laker Film Room where he breaks down for the audience like how what's going on in the Laker games you know like wh- why this play worked why this play didn't he just got hired by the Lakers this past year before that he was just doing YouTube videos but he got so popular oh, they wow. ended up yeah they ended up bringing him in and the minute that Magic went down. He sent out a couple of tweets that, at the time, I had text. I had text the guys in a, in a text thread, but nobody else was reporting on it. So like we didn't really touch on it. We were just kind of like, ah, well, you know, maybe he's just the guy that's like uh, uh, the Magic is treated like this, and he's just trying to, you know, whatever his reasons were. Nobody else is reporting on it. Maybe it's just an isolated event. Well, now as we know, and as plenty of people have come out and said that that's not true. Like Magic Johnson. Was, what was the tweet? L- let me let me read the, that to yeah. you. So his Let's first see. one is, and I, and this is a great pod because there's a picture. But let me read to you what it says. It says, uh, "When you're in the room and Magic Johnson steps down, and you can barely control how happy you are." And the picture shows a guy way in the background with just like the biggest smirk on his face, like he's literally smiling in the room as Magic Johnson is saying that he's gone. Right? Oh wow! Yeah. And then so somebody replies. You know, and this is back in April. So somebody replies and says, "Have some respect for a Laker legend whose statue is outside of Staples. He did a poor job. We all know that, but man, really." And this is the tweet that I, I had sent out to the guys here, and this is what he replied: "Was I wish you knew what I know, how he treats people and whatnot. In our memories as a player, and memorialized outside of Staples Center is as close as he belongs. And I thought there was a good chance he was going to do this. He was going to do in this franchise for the next decade." I'm happy he can't do that. Wow. Yeah. And sounds like what I said a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I well, mean, there is it is it is kind of true, but what he's talking about is the way he treats people. The way people. he treats people. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's not really like the basketball moves that he's done. Like he's just and and Wait, I, hold on a sec. I got a question. Sure. Is this guy a millennial? Uh, he has a beard. I want to know how thin his skin. <laughs> oh, he's a well, he's a hipster. <laughs> Does he I mean, shop hipsters, at Gelson's? Hipsters are sensitive too. <laughs> I, he's got to be. 
he's he's <laughs> oh no does Inside. he have a prius oh. if he's got a prius we're not listening yeah. to him does he wear flannel <laughs> You're, you're describing my he's buddy Duncan. Be. He's got to be oh, a millennial because yeah. yeah. he, he knows how to use YouTube. So, um, But here's the thing. Is, Does it, he only fry his eggs in cast iron skillets? That's no, a no, cast thing. iron is really good, dude. It is. Oh, you've got a beard. You're a yeah. hipster. Yeah. I'm just more lazy than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry, Vic. Go no, ahead. no, no, no. So, um, uh, you know, and, and it got me thinking, like, and, and, and it kills me because – had you had asked me, you know, a month ago, two months ago, three months ago, like if if you were if I was to see a celebrity or a sports figure, just if I could pick one that would make me kind of like be like, oh my god, that's such and such, you know, where I wouldn't be able to, I'd be kind of thrown aback, and I'd, you know, be like a fanboy, like yeah. it, it would have been Magic Johnson, and now that is 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 tarnished a little bit. And really? It, yeah, because and it doesn't really have to do with his moves as far as. As uh, the basket, because we uh, everybody can be blamed for basketball mistakes. Like that's you know what it it is what it is. The part that he doesn't treat people the way that they should be treated is the part that because he comes on he he has this personality of of being happy of being yeah, it's Magic persona. Johnson yeah. right. He has his outside and it seems like that's not really who he is. So for me personally, yeah, it kind of it knocked him down a little bit and uh, just makes me kind of sad. Hmm. Yeah, I have a hard time, Ben. Don't you agree? I agree, but for a different reason. For a different yeah, reason. Yeah. yeah, I have a hard time believe losing respect for him because of that. Only because uh, it it sounds like, by all accounts, that this guy is right. That, yeah, he vets his magic right. is so, so Jeff. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like in in the boardroom, in the meeting room, when it comes down to business. He is a hard ass, which yeah. you kind of don't expect it or maybe put off by it. But like business is business. I feel like are these do these guys have thin skin or are they actually like is he really running some sort of well, so ridiculous here's, here's sweatshop? The thing. So there was an article. It was a long article. I know you didn't read it. I sent it to you, but I know you didn't read it. <laughs> which one? <clears throat> the one that was like a fifteen Bill, minute Bill read. Baxter. Uh, I didn't read anything. <laughs> For me, it would have taken a half an hour. Right. <laughs> but there, there was a point in there where they they said that. So he managed in fear, is what they said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, they took a, a what do you, what do you call them? Those books that they give at the games. A ro- not a roster, but where they list all your staffers. So they took all the staffers that were listed in the booklet in like 2016, and then they looked to see how many of those people were still in their place. Two years later, after Magic took the reins, and they said that uh, based on the information that they had, 37% of the people that were working two years ago were no longer working in those positions. And so when Magic came in, he essentially, in his first press conference, says, we're going to evaluate everything. We're going to evaluate the talent evaluations. We're going to evaluate players. We're going to evaluate coaches. We're going to evaluate front office. If you are not living up to the building, if you're not the best at what you do, we are going to replace you. And so the way the article is written is it says that essentially magic held that over people. And, you know, I'm not going to say the decisions that he made were right or wrong. I'm not in that room. But, you know, when other front office people are commenting anonymously, anonymously saying to have that amount of turnover in an organization in that short amount of time is almost unheard of. And you can't, you can't think that 
40% of your staff is inept to the point where you have to replace them. Have you seen the Lakers front office? <clears throat> yes. <laughs> I but, mean, he might have been on to something. But hold on. But historically, those people were working in those positions when they were winning championships. Okay. So, so I'm, again, I'm not going to say whether it's right or wrong, but the fact is is that that's a huge number. And and there was there were several reports of people actually having to take time off for mental stress, you know, and again, that's a soft thing. It's a millennial thing. I, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't personally get that, but how, but how apparently there's about people this? because I, I feel like that that statement that you made, which one, uh, I've where, made where magic said and yeah. kind of put everyone in their place is yeah. something mm-hmm. that if you were in that position that you would say it is something that I would say, but I. But you know, there's okay. I also probably wouldn't be the right person to hire for that position. (laughs) I'm much better at here where I can just criticize a Monday morning quarterback. That's why I'm much better at directing blockbuster movies. You can be a hard ass and still respect people. It it sounds like he just didn't respect anybody. He's like, I'm Magic Johnson, I'm gonna do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah, and I'm Magic Johnson. And and people who would people who would come and like criticize like hey do the, the, the he would shoot you down and say like you know uh, literally what Ben is saying like I'll replace you yeah. like that's not how you manage like you it's 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 what we've been talking about with Genie like you put people beneath you and you let them do their job he wasn't letting people do their job and then um, I was listening to uh, Eric Pincus and he kind of he made a comment and he said uh, that. Uh, and I don't know if this is true, but he he said it so like quickly and so like he didn't. I don't even think he realized what he said, but he said that in the whole tr- trade scenario with the Pelicans, that Magic didn't have wasn't given the okay to offer all of those young guys, and that uh, he was shot down afterwards. And 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 you got to remember, we've been talking about how the Lakers before used to be able to control the narrative, right? Like they've been able to mm-hmm. ones to get ahead of stories, blah blah blah. Well, when you have unhappy people working for you, guess what? Guess what's going to happen? Leaks. Thank you. Yeah. Leaks are going to come out. Things, and that's all that's been happening with the Lakers is you've been hearing all of this stuff come out, and 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 now it looks like it was people who were just pissed off that they were being treated like shit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and the, my, I think my big takeaway, and this goes to accountability, is lying right so all of these reports about magic coming out are that he treats his employees like shit he is you know very forcefully either telling people to do their job or i'm going to fire holding it over him so then magic goes to defend himself after this and he comes out and he says listen i'm all about empowering people I'm all about lifting people up and making them the best version of themselves. I'm magic. I smile. Yeah. I'm That's happy. That's what pisses me off. <laughs> and so yeah. so it's either 100 people are lying or magic is lying. Yeah. And then you've got Palinka, and I know I think we're going to talk about this next. Yeah. It comes out where he tells a story about Kobe meeting Heath Ledger, <laughs> which is ridiculous. <laughs> you go onto Twitter, you can actually watch, watch the, video. the video. Yeah. And, and then it's like it comes out where all of Heath Ledger's people and, and everyone else that has intimate knowledge – of any meeting that would happen between these two people say it never happened. Yeah. And the so, fact that he was dead when the movie came out. Yeah. But there's that too. So, yeah. So, yeah. Right. So, so you, now you've got two guys that have been running your organization for two years. And now, now this is the first we're hearing of it. Yeah. But I guarantee you that all the agents that have worked with Rob Palenka, who've known this in the past and all the other GMs, which is why you mentioned a, a, a few episodes ago that, that uh, the uh, around the league, people don't trust the Lakers. They don't yeah. trust Palenka. They don't trust magic. Yeah. And, and now Jeannie has 
empowered I know, it's Palinka crazy. with it's crazy. being the GM, no longer reporting to a, a president of basketball operations, yeah. directly reporting to Jeannie, who really, to be quite honest with you, doesn't know anything about basketball. Yeah. So, you know, is Palinka now going to bring players in as favors to other agents? Is he going to set himself up for his next career because he knows he's going to get fired soon? Like, these are now the things that, you know, Jeannie's got to think about. Like, if I'm Jeannie, I think it looks like you're more of a dumpster fire if you fire Palinka now. But it almost would be the best thing to do, oh, yeah. and yeah. and 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 maybe you go a season without a GM. I don't know. I mean, like, I, <laughs> and, and it, worse. give yourself an opportunity to to actually vet. There you go, vet the appropriate <laughs> yeah. people, so that you can get somebody in there next season that knows what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. You know. But right now, I almost feel like there was a, there was a meme that I saw where. Some dude is on a swing and he's riding, and there's a fire going next to it, and it says, "Here's Rob Palinka just watching the house burn." <laughs> you know, and and I, I truthfully feel like if you keep him in that place, you know, every episode we've talked, is this a new low? I think that as long as he is in that position, I think every week we're going to hit <laughs> a wow. new low. Yeah. Oh man. Well, that that didn't sound good. Let's talk more about Bellinger real quick. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Before we move on from the Lakers, because yeah. I think we said we were only going to go like 10 minutes, and we, I think we're already there. But yeah. <laughs> let me ask you this, because I feel like Magic, and we talked about this a little bit last week, but it, it seems like Magic, every time he opens his mouth, is kind of shooting himself yeah. in the foot and coming off looking worse. Had he not gone on first take, had he not done the interview today or whatever, mm -hmm. would this have just blown by well, and no one would have known any of this? Here's what and, I don't understand, because he knew that was the day of the... Right. Coaches conference, right? Yeah. So if you're really, I understand you want to get your your side of the story out, right? Why pick that day? It it seems like he's genuinely butthurt. This is what I think. And be, but well, it but then like don't tell me. But then don't don't go out there and say I'm all about the Lakers. Well, do you well, know right? What I'm but no, he well he has to say that for his image. But he's genuinely butthurt by yeah. what happened, and so like he can't control himself. Have you seen? He, mm. Have you seen he, Blazing Saddles? Yes. Well, of Great course. Movie. Okay. So, do you remember how they were going to buy the town? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> what did they do? I don't remember that part. <laughs> so they what they what they were trying to do is they were trying to devalue the property. Oh yes. Right. Remember? <laughs> and they right. figured that once they devalued it enough, yes. I think by putting train tracks or something in there, so that they were going to go in and they were going to go buy, <laughs> they were going to go buy the town for pennies on the dollar. Yes. I truthfully feel that Magic let his intentions known on that first first take, where he goes on and he says, "If somebody told me that the Lakers were for sale, I would put the, a, a, a team together where I would I would be buying the Lakers." So I mm. almost feel that what he's done is he's he's essentially thrown lighter fluid on this through the match and he's letting this house burn down so that the value of the franchise goes down they turn into the Knicks you know wow, because if the Knicks think of it in these terms the Knicks are probably the second most um expensive franchise in the NBA but no, because they reside in New York they're number 1 are they number 1 yeah they're most if they valued if they were actually properly run yeah. if they were like owned by wow. the Kraft family they would be worth twice what they're actually worth so I almost feel like what Magic is doing is he's basically letting other investors know, hey, I'm interested. I might come and see you. Let's watch this dumpster fire happen. He knows intimately that Bus has no idea what she's doing. And maybe two years from now, the value of the franchise either stays the same or goes down, and he's able to buy this franchise and, and move forward 
and and maybe he isn't as bad as 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 as, as being reported right now. I I think personally think he is, and I don't think the Lakers would be much better off. But if his true intention is to buy the Lakers, what better thing to do than devalue them by throwing this dumpster fire? To the public and saying, "Hey guys, this take. is what it is." Is anybody saying that, Vic? No, I haven't. That's heard interesting. Say that. No, it, yeah, it makes you're welcome. sense. The blazing saddles argument. Well done. The I watch a lot Lakers of movies. I made argument, a reference argument. to uh, Doc Hollywood this weekend. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Hollywood. You did wow. Reference Doc Hollywood. Yeah. Oh, I that take, was. I take little known too. movies or movies that are like so old that people probably haven't watched them in twenty years, and I make a reference to it. I love it. Well done, Ben. All right, let's move on. How about this uh, R.J. Hampton kid saying, screw you, NCAA. I'm going to New Zealand. Woo! (laughs) Yeah, Ben's happy about it. Ben's really happy. I like it. Yeah. Tell us why. I don't like the institution called the NC2A. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel that they they rule with an iron fist. They mm-hmm. tell you you know what you need to do to meet their requirements. And and over the years, it's been the only avenue in which athletes can go from high school to the professional ranks. And so they've pretty much had a monopoly in that area. And being able to do so, they've been able to make money for the NC2A for these college institutions. And I mean, and I'm talking a gross amount of money. And and if you think about being an NC2A athlete. At oh, I was. Ah, career. dang it. There I it was going to say, how long into this argument before he said that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say that players aren't compensated. They do get an education. Uh, yeah. And they do get stipends when they go and travel. And in a lot of cases, they get food stipends. They get, you know, uh, housing, books, tuition. There's a lot of money that can go to, to some players, right? Not all yeah. players, but some players. But, but the fact is, is that, you know, when. The NC2A essentially changed, or I'm sorry, the NBA changed the rule and said that you can no longer go from from high school to the NBA. It forced them to go to the NC2As. And, I believe, and truthfully, I believe there was two reasons why that decision was made. The first is because there was a lot of 18-year-old kids coming out of high school that emotionally weren't ready to deal with the, the stresses of being a professional athlete, the money that goes with it, the, the, the high-level visibility that you get from, from media, from women, from all these things. And so the thought process was is that if you have them go to college for a year and you let them mature for at least you know 12 more months, right. that when they do come in, that they're going to be better off. And the other reason is because I do believe that the NC2A and NBA were in cahoots and that there were so many Garnets, Kobe's, LeBron's that that became the trend. They were bypassing the NC2A. So I believe that those two institutions talked with each other. They made that rule kind of as a, I'll help you out. You help me out type thing. And then that turned the college NC2A into the one and done. Right. And again, it was the only avenue. There was no other option. And and so since then, you've got LeVar, LeVar Ball starting his uh, his uh, league. You've yeah. got you know other other entities that are trying to kind of develop. You know, the D League has done it a little bit, where they're just trying to get guys out of college. But but really, the NC two A is still the prime. It's what people watch. It's sure. it's it's you know, you got the tournament. You you know the NC2A still has contracts with CBS, ESPN, all these big. So you see you still see a lot of games on TV, and so up to this point, I I think that RJ Hampton is only is probably like the fourth or fifth player to actually bypass the NC2A. But the reason why this is a big story is because he is the first one that doesn't have to go anywhere. So up to this point, you've either had players who have had problems with grades. They couldn't pass the SAT, 
or they hired an agent or got paid somehow and right. they lost eligibility. So RJ Hampton is the first one who's done everything right and who has just chosen on his own his own path. Yeah. And and I like that because what he's done is and, and I don't know how the contract is going to work when he goes to New Zealand, but the way I understand it is that he can sign for a year. He can make professional money. He can play a full uh, schedule, whatever their league is, instead of playing a, you know, 35 games or whatever the NC2A right. is. It might be 50, might be 80. I don't know what their season is, but he's going to train full time. He's going to live the life of a professional and he's going to make a lot more money than he would in the NC2A. And at this point next season, when he turns 19, he can go into the NBA draft and he can get drafted and make NBA money. And to be quite honest with you, I, and I don't, again, I don't know what the level is of talent in New Zealand, but I've seen the NC2A talent level and it's, it's atrocious. So I've got to think that the professional ranks in New Zealand are going to be a better farm system than what you're going to see in the NC2A. At least on par. I, I, I can't imagine that yeah. it's on par. I mean, I've tried to watch some of these tournament games and it's it's horrendous. <laughs> I mean, listen, you know, one of the reasons why I stopped watching the NC2A tournament was because you stopped having those teams that had three and four year seniors and literally every team is one and done. Yeah. That, I mean, that, that are looking at winning yeah. the title. You might have that one team, you know, from like, you know, Podunk State that's got like three there or four Podunk State. Three or four, you know, three and four year seniors. But, you know, those were guys that were never gonna get drafted. They're never gonna get sniffed by the N- N- NBA and, and maybe they'll they'll win one or two games and they'll get to the sweet sixteen and, and then you know they're it. gonna be eliminated. So to me, this opens up the argument that if this player can do it successfully, that you're gonna start to see other high school stars start to do the same thing and really put the finger to the NC two A. The other thing is that the collective bargaining agreement for the NBA comes up in like two years. So I think the Players Association is going to make a huge argument that's going to state, we don't want our players going overseas because what if they like it? And now we're not getting those guys to come back. You know, now do I think that's going to be the case? No, but you can make that argument that you may lose one or two stars to other leagues. And so I think what you're going to see is the the NBA is going to change the rule to where they're going to start to allow those 18-year-olds to come in, and it's really going to bypass the NCAA Didn't, that, didn't it say in 2022? Is that, that supposed to happen? Yeah, it's supposed to. It's in oh, the article. Okay. You sent. Well, um, no, my understanding was that they were going to argue for that for the change oh, really? in 2022. That it hasn't yeah, happened yet. They've been, they've been talking that about that, that, that rule is going to change. The article wrote like it was yeah. pretty okay. much... A certainty. Then we understand. I don't know it if it's for way. sure, but it sounds like yeah, y- yeah. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's like set in stone, but yeah. it's, it's exactly but it's, what Jeff said. I think the the momentum is going that way. That there's no way that it's going to be stopped. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Any other thoughts? No, that's it. All right, Vic, you good? Um, no, yeah, that was perfectly said. Oh man, it's time for a little <laughs> debating, gentlemen. We need some like music. How many or questions? How many here? questions are you <laughs> ask us? I put together uh, five, but right. I don't know. Depending on how long winded you guys get, All right. <laughs> we might, I know, I know we we're like forty five minutes in, so I'm going to be <laughs> <Okay>. quiet. <laughs> I'm calling this segment Debate Club, and it's funny because I texted this out earlier that I was going to do this, and Vic said, "This is like the th- this is this is essentially the same segment you do, and you just call it something different every time, but it's not." I came up with a twist. Well done, Jeff. Right, well let's done. do it. I came up with a twist, actually, specifically because you pointed that out, and you're absolutely right. 
<laughs> I just call it something different. This is gut check. Yeah, <laughs> yeah gut check. Rapid fire. Here we go. So uh, I don't know if you guys took debate in in college or no, high school. I never took no. debate. I took speech class, and we no. kind of did I a dated debate women. section. Yeah, there you go. Okay. <laughs> but you've heard of when you do debate, and you are assigned what you have to argue. Yes. You don't get to choose what yes. you argue. You're oh, assigned <laughs> what you argue. Now you so two why would I assign Mike Trout? <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. You two are, are uh... two of the best arguers I know. And, and it's certainly a fan favorite whenever you two get into it. So I have selected a few topics here that you guys are going to argue, but you have to argue the side that I give you. Okay. All okay? Right. All right. All right. You guys in? Yeah. yeah. All right. Do we have time to like think about our response before we respond, or does it have to just be off the cuff? I feel like off the cuff is right. always best. No, no, Especially no Jeopardy you. music time that yeah. we get to think about it. No. <laughs> no. All right. You can you can take a beat. All take right. a beat. All right. Form your form your argument, right. and then we'll jump in. Okay. So uh, let's see. I don't know who wants to go first. I'll, I'll give I you the whiskey. I'll give you the topic. Okay. And what side you're arguing, and you guys decide who wants to go first. All right. First topic is. Analytics. Vic. Yes. Arguing on the side of analytics are ruining the game. Okay. That's you. All right. Arguing on the side of we've only scratched the surface. Teams are <laughs> only going to keep getting better with analytics is Ben Garcia. That's okay. Uh, I can argue that. Right. <laughs> I won't agree with anything I say, but I can argue <laughs> Ben, why don't you start us off? So here's the thing about uh, anything that's new. It, think about the three-point line in the NBA. How mm -hmm. long was it in place before a guy like Steph Curry finally decided that he's going to maximize the potential of the three-point line? So when you think about analytics, analytics really has only been in baseball since Billy Bean started it. And this was, I want to say, in the mid-90s. And so for many years, you have you know, each team sort of hired their analytics guy, but no one was really an expert. And now in these last four or five seasons, you've got managers like Dave Roberts that are pulling pitchers to to maximize lefty versus righty percentages you know pitching in certain locations because they've got analytics that tell you that this is where the pitches need to go and so in in the last like you're starting to see sort of like an ascension where it was pretty level and now it's going to be astronomical and I think it's going to go through the roof each of these teams are going to hire more people and they're going to hire smarter people, and they're going to develop programs, and they're going to be specific to the teams. And I think that this is going to go out of control. Now, that's what I—that's the argument. Now, no, fuck no, that. No, stop! Stop! <laughs> <laughs> that was great. <laughs> ben, well done, my friend. That was great. You're welcome. I actually, for a second there, bought it. I, me too. No, me too. Well Vic, done, sir. Vic's sitting over there. Preach. Preach, brother. That's right. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Vic, counterpoint. Why is analytics ruining the game? Because it's taking some of the fun out of, out of, out of sports. You know, it's taking that human element um, that allows for uh, um, uh, creativity and, and, and back, not backwards thinking, uh, uh, sideways thinking. Uh, out of the game, and you're almost becoming robots now. And and the robot side of sports is going to be really boring because what's going to happen when, as Ben said, it analytics blows up, 
what's like if, if the teams are doing the exact same analytics doesn't that just nullify what they're doing like I, so in other words like if you run up against a team that has 10 guys on analytics and this guy has 10 analytics and then you have two or three guys that are thinking out of the box as a human does that a computer can't that team might actually beat the other team because they're just gonna go by the stats that are put in front of them and not go by uh, uh, something that can't be measured in statistics. So, uh, you know, part part of part of being a fan is is getting to enjoy the game and not be frustrated by mathematics that you don't understand. And that might drive people even more away because they're they're no longer just like you know, oh, that guy had a hundred steals. They're like. Oh wait, nobody steals the base anymore. Don't you want somebody on second? And then some nerd comes by and says, "Well, if you understand that the out is more important than the steal, then you don't want." You know what I'm saying? It just kind of takes the fun out of games, and I think yeah. that's going to affect the bottom line. Oh, gentlemen! Wow, <laughs> bravo! If this was a class, A pluses for both of you. I'm I am impressed, and I'm happy that you guys are taking this seriously because uh, don't we take everything seriously? Yeah, right, right. Yeah, okay, right. sorry, that was a lie. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> we here we go. We may need to cut this down from five questions to three. Just <laughs> to the time a lot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Save it for next week. Next topic: Kershaw. Mm. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> Arguing on the side of he's done. This contract is going to kill the Dodgers, is Victor Costello. All right. Arguing on the side of plenty of gas left in the tank. History will remember this contract favorably, is Ben Garcia. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff just doesn't like you. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. And I feel like this one's hard for you, too. Uh, Not not as hard hard as it is for for Ben. All right. You start us off then this time. Well, Why is the contract uh, tear? Why is Kershaw washed up? Well, because if you look, okay, here's the thing: is if you look at the Dodgers' total contracts added up, including Kershaw's this year, we're like heads and, and heads and feet above uh, uh, most teams. And a team like the Philadelphia Phillies that just signed Bryce Harper to a, a god awful amount of money still has way more money to play with. Uh, because they're not paying Kershaw this amount of money for this year, and Kenley Jansen, and, and such and such, and it goes, it just keeps going down the line. And so, when when if 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 the front office continues to be as stingy as they are at the trade deadline, we might not be able to go after a top tier starting pitcher or top tier relief pitcher uh, because the the cards are going to have to line up perfectly. You know, as far as the contract expiring. Uh, how much longer uh, do, is is uh, 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 this uh, or? Uh, Let's say, um, let's say you have a, a Max Scherzer. I don't even know what his contract is, right? But his contract is going to have to fit within the framework of what we're paying Kershaw if we're going to go after him uh, at the trade deadline. And I think that kind of handcuffs you and doesn't allow you to be free spending as as uh, most of the teams that are beneath the Dodgers. And part of that reason is because they decided to. Uh, Although it's not the length of the contract that's really going to hurt the Dodgers, it's the amount that they're going to be owing them for the next few years, which is going to uh, hurt the Dodgers. And we need starting pitching. Like we, that's something that we're we're going to have to get if we're going to if we really want to be serious about winning the World Series. We may not be able to do that. Ooh, really good, Vic. How, <laughs> what? Just give me a percentage a percentage of that that you believed. Uh, probably about 40. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well said. I can tell yeah. you right now, mine's zero. <laughs> <laughs> ben, why is Kershaw still the greatest? All right. So, <laughs> gosh. 
feel I could feel Dude, like the my palms uh, are sweating. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm so happy. Kershaw Kershaw in the eyes of LA Dodgers fans is a legend. Just uh-huh. the way Kobe was a legend when he was a Laker. Yep. Now, Kobe may not have been as productive on the court his last couple years during that contract, but he still had the ability to you know, kind of just capture the imagination uh-huh. of fans. Okay. And, you know, when he goes out in his last game and he wins 60 or he scores 60 points in his final game, um, I think that Kershaw, you know, if you look at what he's done historically with the Dodgers, he is a Hall of Famer. He, he's got the statistics to back up any argument that he belongs in the Hall of Fame. But I do believe that by signing this contract and with the team that the Dodgers have together, I think that it's really two things that are happening at the same time. And that is that with Hinjin Ryu and, and, and Bueller becoming the one and two, Kershaw now is the third best pitcher on that team. But if you line him up in a playoff series against the third best pitcher against the other team, He's going to win that every single time. So it's the potential of him over these next couple of years in the playoffs going 4-0 and and having, you know, maybe an ERA that isn't, you know, a one or a two, but but winning those games and putting the Dodgers in that position to win. If he can go off and he can win, help the Dodgers win two or three World Series in this contract, then it's great for the Dodgers. And, and the team that the Dodgers have – is really going to put Kershaw on on their back and it's it's great for both because Kershaw gets the monkey off his back and LA Dodgers fans get to celebrate with a Hall of Famer at the end winning the title and you know potentially being on the mound when he throws that pitch you know maybe he comes in in relief or something like that yeah. so so it, I think that it could work out well Oh. Garcia. Oh. Garcia. Well, well said, wow. sir. Well that one sir. wasn't that good. Oh. Wow. No, but unbelievable, Ben. I mean, I didn't believe a word of it, but still, that you, hurts. you really did good. Uh, on a scale of one to ten, how hard was it to say that Kershaw would win every time in October? Uh, actually, I, I think that that could happen. The part that I, I felt that, uh, that really hurt me was to say that he's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> Have been the easiest no. thing. You're kidding. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> You're a peach, Ben. Thank you. That's awesome. I love you. <laughs> All right. Next topic the Lakers. Oh. Here we go. Uh, Arguing. Why Genie Bus is good for the Lakers. <laughs> Arguing on the side of the Lakers are a dumpster fire. No free agent is going to want to sign with them this summer is Victor Costello. Okay. Again, easy. Arguing on the side of the Lakers are a dumpster fire, but they're still the Lakers and will have a big free agent is Ben Garcia. (laughs) You want to start this one off, Ben? I'll start it off. All right. So as disorganized as the Lakers front office is, I think what counts is talent. And and LeBron is getting a little long in the tooth, but he's got championship pedigree. I think that he has developed relationships with guys across the league. He I mean it's it's in the newspapers now. He's already recruiting other players. So I think the potential is there that even though the Lakers front office is completely in disarray that LeBron himself maybe good enough to be able to bring in another free agent, maybe not of the caliber of Durant, but you know somebody that is going to make 
a big difference. And then another year of growth of these young guys and, and maybe, you know, some, some pats on the back and Hey, you know, like, sorry about last year in the Anthony Davis trade, you know, there is a potential that this team can turn around. Frank Vogel is known for developing players. He took an Indiana Pacer team that was fledgling and he took it to the Eastern conference finals, three straight years. When you have a guy like LeBron, that's able to finish. If you can get them into the playoffs, you just let LeBron be LeBron and maybe in spite of the front office, LeBron may be the reason why the Lakers are still able to recruit and potentially make the playoffs next season. Ooh, well done, Ben. How much nice. of that do you believe? About 3%. <laughs> well done. Gosh dang it. You guys are doing great. This is a lot harder than it looks. Yeah. It's funny because I can tell you're being more careful with your words than usual. It's th- it doesn't flow as naturally. All right, Vic, why are the Lakers not going to sign a free agent over the summer? You know, I've lived in L.A. or L.A. County since, you know, I was born, was a Laker fan. I had a leather Laker jacket in eighth grade, was a huge Magic Johnson fan. Byron Scott, you know, went on to to Shaq. Minneapolis back then? Mm, I was a fan when they were there, too. Don't get me wrong. Right, right. George Mikan was a hell of a player. (laughs) Um, You know, and, and, and all throughout those years, through the Kobe years, through the Shaq years, through the Smush Parker years. Oh, wow. There was only Administration. One, there was only one. <laughs> there was only one L.A. team, and that was the Los Angeles Lakers. The Clippers were a foregone conclusion. They were the laughing stock of the NBA. Nobody wanted to go play for the Clippers. If you got sent to the Clippers, your career was pretty much over. Let's yeah. just flip that around to the year 2019. Uh-huh. And now the Lakers are the team that nobody wants to go to. Whoa! They are the laughing stock of the NBA and the NBA <laughs> universe. Ben's nodding his head <laughs> frantically. <laughs> the Clippers. Why can't I get the, this side? The Clippers are the shining star of Los Angeles with their front office and the way that they worked. And they have an ex-Laker working for them in Mr. Jerry West. The same Jerry West... <laughs> That wanted to come work for this haphazard, not knowing what they're doing front office of the Los Angeles Lakers. And they have tarnished the image. They have ruined the fan base. And they will rue the day that they (laughs) destroyed this (laughs) luxury. (laughs) This. Ben standing up. Yep. They will rue the day. That they destroyed this once great NBA franchise and turned them into the new Los Angeles Clippers. Speak, uh, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> standing O. They got a standing O for his BS. <laughs> I believe that 100%. <laughs> Vic, was that uh, painful? No, it was actually I, kind of fun. You know what's funny is I could yeah. tell that it was kind of painful because right. you had to get that subtle jab at the Clippers. You couldn't even give the Clippers a right. compliment without the backhand of, of like, you know, Jerry West was former well, Laker. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, this You're is hot great. now, but you were fat in high school. <laughs> so good. So good. All right, you guys are doing great. Two more. Oh, my gosh. These, these, ones, these ones are more fun. These right. ones are more on the fun okay. side. They're All not right. quite as heavy. All right, okay. I'm going to try to make it shorter this time. Here we go. All, All right. right. All right. Going to the game, arguing on the side of there's nothing better than being with the crowd at a live sporting event is Ben Garcia. Arguing on the side of I'd rather watch the game from my couch 
is Victor Castillo. <laughs> <laughs> literally, literally, Jeff was like, what does Ben hate? We're yeah. just going to make an opposite and make Vic argue the opposite of it. That's debate club. <laughs> We're exercising those debate muscles, guys. Yes, this is I like great. It. I like it. Vic, like you want to start this one off? Uh, sure. Okay. Why is your couch better than a real sporting event? Well, first of all, I only had to pay one time for that couch. Um, if I want to go to multiple sporting events, I have to pay for each stupid ticket. Yeah. Right? And not only do I have to pay for each stupid, stupid ticket, we live in L.A. And if there is literally no traffic, you could get to L.A. in 20 minutes from where we live. Right? 20, 25 minutes, mm-hmm. you're in L.A. Yeah. That's not going to happen. I don't care what sporting <laughs> event you go to. I don't even care where you're going anywhere near L.A. It's going to take you an hour, an hour and a half to get there because you're going to be stuck in traffic. Why do I want to be stuck in traffic when I can be having a beer, sitting on my couch? I could take a nap if I want to yeah. on my couch. Right? I can't do that at Staples Center or at Dodger Stadium. There's no way. I can't just sit there and take a nap. And then once you get there, you have to deal with parking. You have to pay for parking. Not, not not only to mention, I mean, the seats there are small. I mean, unless I'm going to be paying for, like, you know, seats on, on the floor. Like, the seats are tight. They're not comfortable. My couch is huge, right? Yeah. Absolutely huge. <laughs> I could just sprawl out if I – there's no need to be sitting all crunched up and trying to eat my nachos. No, 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 no. <laughs> and, 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 and now with the NBA, you can actually do a, a, th- a 3D – version where you're sitting on the I could be on my couch put on my 3D glasses and I could watch an NBA game in 3D vision as if I'm on the floor is that right with yes. surround sound that's with true surround sound yes wow. that's true so why 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 even go to a, it just doesn't make any sense you're wasting money you're wasting gas you're wasting time my life is way more important than any of those things so I'm just going to stay home on the couch wow vic <laughs> you sounded exactly like Ben Garcia there except for the 3D guy I wrote it thing. for him there's no <laughs> Oh, spoke passionately as well. Good job. All right, Ben. Why is going to the game way better than just sitting at home on your couch? I'll give you an example. First Laker playoff game I ever went to. Uh, it was in the 90s. It was it was the Dell Harris administration, so they didn't really make a whole lot of noise. Uh-huh. <laughs> but in the first quarter, the Lakers fell down in the game. I think it was to the Portland Trailblazers by like 15 points or something. Okay. And then the whole second quarter, they were kind of catching up. And then right before the half, Derek Fisher steals that they were down three. Derek Fisher steals a pass, comes down on the fast break, pulls up at the three-point line, hits the three-point, ties the game. The whole crowd explodes. Portland calls a timeout. That entire timeout, we were screaming. The whole fan base was just <laughs> going out of control. It was like there was no commercial uh, it just, I'm sure when TV picked back up, it was just as lively as it was when it went out. And if you're sitting at home, you're going and you're watching a Vagisil commercial. You know, <laughs> you're you're not you're not in the mindset that those guys that those people are in the game. And so, you know, you know when you're when you're next to people that are as passionate about something as you are. Jeff, you've mentioned it. When you watch a movie, you want people to be reacting to the movie. It makes it a better viewing experience. Yeah. So, uh, for that reason, I think that it's better to watch it live than it is to watch it at home. Nice. Wow, Nice. Ben. I like it. Really good, Ben. 
How hard was that? Oh, dude. Okay. That was easy. <laughs> so far, Kershaw was the hardest one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I knew that would be tough. Well, uh, yeah, exactly. That, that was that was a, that was a softball in comparison. All right. All right. Well, this this one's a softball too. All right. This one's just for fun, but uh, we we got to do this one. Okay. <clears throat> We're going to talk a little TV here. Arguing on the side of Game of Thrones is must-watch <laughs> television is Ben Garcia. <laughs> Arguing on the side of The Bachelor is must-watch television is Victor Costello. Okay, so before we get started, how do how am I supposed to make this I was argument say when I've never seen thing, an yeah. episode? You don't you don't need to give away anything, okay. but why you you know essentially what Game of Thrones yeah, is, is. without seeing an episode, you know that it's a Dungeons and Dragons show and Yeah. And whatever. Okay. Why? Uh, and and everyone says it's so great. And I I I'm not going to make your argument for you. You need to figure it out. Come on. This is where you got to dig deep. Oh man. Why is Game of Thrones must watch television, Ben? Oh man. You know what? <laughs> I I'm really I'm at a loss. <laughs> I feel like if I had oh. watched an episode, I would be able to make an argument. But I, I literally can't argue intelligently on this. But but not but you don't have to give plot points or, no, or why it. it's good. But but uh, I mean, Vic, Eric, they they love this show. Why yeah. uh, why should somebody watch this okay. show? All right, <clears throat> this is going to be short because I, I really That's don't fine. know how this is going to argue. But <laughs> Ben says that about everything. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So to me. When you have a, a show like this, you generally attract the best people. It's the best writers. It's the best producers. It's the best director. And so when you have that something together, especially when it's something that's fiction, because you're able to, you're not bound by anything. When you watch, you know, a law TV show, you're, you're bound by the law. You're bound by the rules that the courts have set in place. Or when you deal with police or you deal with doctors, you, you deal with things are going to work or things are not going to work. When you have a show that, I mean, where you, where literally dragons exist and, and you have all of this fantasy, <laughs> you don't know where things are going to go. And so when you, when you have friends, you know, kind of debating things, whether or not you can't debate rationally and you literally are just trying to guess what the writer is thinking. <laughs> and so you're able to really just, in, just kind of enjoy the experience. And so I think that that's why somebody who doesn't watch Game of Thrones should watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, well Ben. Ben just threw up, ladies oh, and gentlemen. Oh, that was great. <laughs> that was really good. Thank ben. you. I appreciate I, it. I, I, you guys never cease to amaze me. Well done, <sighs> Vic. Why is The Bachelor must-watch television? You know what's funny is I'm actually going to make some of the same. <laughs> <laughs> in my head, I was thinking, wait, he's saying what I'm going to say. <laughs> well, no, here, here, here's the thing. Okay, so uh, shows like The Bachelor are really just game shows, right? Mm -hmm. they're, they're, it's just who's going to win this game, and we sure. all love game shows, yeah. right? It's just thrown in with a human element. And uh, with uh, the content, it's going to be all human beings that are going to be in this game. There's no like, you know, what prize is this? Or can you, you know, the million dollar you want to, it's going to be all people involved in this game show. And when you throw in the human element into something like that, that's must watch TV because you don't know what's going to happen. There is no script because as Jeff knows, when you write a script, when you write a story, 
there's a certain arc that you have to follow. There's certain rules that you have to go by. You know, you can't just go out and, for the most part, tell a crazy story that doesn't follow these rules. Reality TV, such as The Bachelor, there are no rules. You can, they can do whatever they want. They can follow any storyline that you they want. You can jump fences. Right, yes. They could do, literally, they are the ones making up the rules for this genre, right? And it's, it, 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 when you start watching it, like, even if you're just passing by the room and you hear somebody say something, you're like, what? And it kind of draws you in. You get, you get pulled into the human element of it because we've all been in certain situations that are, might be similar to this. I've never been in front of a dragon. <laughs> no, right? No. But I've had to talk to girls. I've had to try to start relationships. There you go. I can relate to what's going on in the small screen. You throw into that hot girls and there you go. You're all set. Ben. Uh, you know what? Come on. Hey, listen. How about that? For the first ninety percent of what he said, I didn't follow the, that last ten percent. <laughs> that's why you watch right there. Victor Costello, Ben Garcia. Gosh dang it, both of you. Well done. I'm so proud of you. Let me ask: Did uh, did this little exercise did it sway your opinions at all? Did you putting yourself in the other side's shoes? Did it make you see anything a little differently? The no. analytics, I think. <laughs> honestly, honestly, when I, when, I was, when I was arguing the analytics, I do think that my take is is probably more true than not true. I think that it's going to skew in that direction. I agree with Vic that I don't. I do think that it destroys the game, but um, it made me think. All right, nice. nice. Look at that. Well done, guys. Good job. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. All right. <laughs> we got to get out of here. We're way over time, but you know what? We earned it. That was worth it. Well done. We are Guys in Shorts. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Guys in Shorts Pod. We're on Facebook, Reddit. Leave a voicemail for us, 562-450-3356. As always, please review the show. Throw up a review. Nobody did that last I'm week. I'm still waiting for yeah. someone to tell me what they want me ben, to say. Yeah. Ben will read it in Mike Tyson's voice. I get it. This last week you were busy. But how about this week you do it? Uh, ben will read it. If you next give me week. a review, maybe next week I won't be here. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we have to read it two weeks from now. That's right. <laughs> Subscribe to the show as well and uh, mention it to all your friends. Share the show. Uh, that helps us out when you spread the word. We do appreciate it. And don't miss next week. Given a tease, we got. Mr. Ben Garcia's birthday. Yeah. Yes. And it's going to be a good one. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, cannot wait. For Victor Costello and Ben Garcia, I'm Jeff Wilson. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs>